Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Gathering My Thoughts MTG podcast. As always, I'm Spencer, and I'm going to be your host today. And today I was going to make a prediction video for what I expect to see in the uh, upcoming Innistrad sets, Crimson Vow and Midnight Hunt that are coming out this fall. I thought I'd get some information out, or I thought I'd get my predictions out before too much information comes out about that from Wizards or other leaks or whatever we find. Uh, but before I do, give me a second to gather my thoughts. So for today, I have five predictions. Uh, they're going to be sort of about both of the sets. The first one we're going to uh, get to see is uh, Midnight Hunt. It's the werewolf-themed set coming out in September. And then a couple months later, we'll get Crimson Vow, which is about vampires. And I wanted to talk about uh, what I expect to see in these two sets. And first and foremost, I expect there to be lots of werewolves and lots of vampires in their respective sets. I'm talking, I want uh, werewolves slash vampires in all five colors. Previously, werewolves have been a red-green faction, and vampires have been a red-black faction on Innistrad. But if the set is going to be devoted to those tribes... I expect uh, blue werewolves, white vampires, uh, you know, black werewolves, blue vampires, all the things. I want to see them in all of the colors. And I think that the way that they could pull this off is by having like werewolves that uh, have like bitten and crossed over other uh, races or tribes like a werewolf that is also a vampire, for example, or like a were-zombie, or a werewolf that's bitten an angel, and, and on the full moon, the angel transforms into a werewolf or something. I don't know if that works at all lore-wise, but really, you could do all kinds of different tribes. You could do were-rats, were-bears. Those are both kind of classic D&D tribes, even. Uh, were-bugs, or any kind of were-monster, I think I would want to see. And on the other end of the coin... Vampires could also could show up like this at multiple different colors because vampirism can sort of be passed on the same way werewolfism or, or lycanthropy can be. And so you could maybe have vampire angels or vampire demons or vampires that died and became zombies, you know, or any of the other tribes that we had talked about before, vampire rats, vampire bears, vampire insects or things like that. I think that this, these two sets in my opinion, really have to succeed at fulfilling on the claim of uh, being a werewolf or vampire set in ways that Ikoria sort of failed to be a big, giant, scary monsters or a lair of behemoths set. And so that's kind of what I want, my first prediction uh, for these sets. And my second one is one that I just keep asking for at different sets. And I keep being wrong, but I think that I really want the, uh, the sets to be divided into three color factions. And the reason for this is sort of similar to why I want, you know, werewolves or vampires in all of the different colors. Because if they're at three color factions, first of all, it's easier. It makes a little bit more sense lore wise to have a red, green, blue werewolf. That is also a zombie, since zombies were blue in, uh, in other Innistrad sets. To have like a zombie werewolf in Teemer colors. Or to have a, you know, a Grixis vampire 
that's also a zombie or things like that. I just think that it, it uh, makes it really easy to have uh, these tribes in all the different colors. Or on the other hand, having these tribes in all these different colors makes it easy to have three color factions. But really what I want it for, and the real reason is because I want commanders in those color combinations. I would be really disappointed to have a gruel werewolf and a mardu vampire um, and those kind of be like the main commanders for the set. Or even if it was like a gruel werewolf, a Selesnia human, a Mardu vampire, a Demir zombie, you know, those sorts of things again and again that we've seen uh, from Innistrad before. Uh, like it wouldn't be bad. And I'm sure they could find cool ways to make it exciting, but it would be more interesting, in my opinion, to have these three colors, especially because I've had ideas for Naya werewolves or Jund werewolves or Teemer werewolves. And I think that having access to all of them would be a really cool option. And while I'm on the topic of werewolves and commanders, it, as sort of a, a subcategory of this same prediction, I want to say that I want a werewolf commander or multiple werewolf commanders that care about transforming. Because in my opinion, one of the things that's made werewolves weak in lots of formats, but especially Commander, is that it's really hard to balance which side they're on. Like you can never, you know, personally guarantee that the werewolf that you want to be face down or on its backside um, can be like that consistently and can represent a, a legitimate threat on that side because, like, it depends on how if your opponents decide they want to cast a bunch of spells, then that kind of gets in, in your way of, uh, of having your werewolves where you want them to be, or vice versa, if they choose not to cast spells or whatever. But I think the way to solve this is to have a Huntmaster of the Fells style commander that cares less about uh, which side the werewolf is on and more about the fact that it transforms gives you some sort of value. I don't know like how the best way to do that would be, but some sort of whenever a permanent transforms, you get some sort of value from it. So that's what I would really want to see out of a werewolf commander. So my next prediction is related to the lore. I really, really hope they pay off uh, some of the lore aspects of Innistrad that are still sort of like dangling threads because I I've been a little bit disappointed in the recent past with Innistrad related characters and their stories just like not really playing out like Garrick had a really interesting uh, storyline from Innistrad where he kind of went crazy and then went off to kill a whole bunch of planeswalkers you know and then five years later we finally hear from him again and they just cure him and we're not we're not gonna pursue that storyline anymore it's just kind of over and then he was with the Kenrith twins, and then he just decided to not be anymore. And so he's not a part of the story. With Liliana, she kind of has this interesting um, story arc related to Gideon, but also she's just kind of chilling on Strixhaven, minding her own business a little bit, dealing with some of her uh, pretend demons now that her, her real ones are dead. Um, and so I don't really... I, I hope that they don't continue to just chop off the lore bits uh, that they have left for us so far because there's some really interesting stories 
For example, um, last time we saw Soren, Nahiri had basically killed everyone in his house um, and had left him to watch the destruction of uh, Innistrad with uh, Emrakul. Um, and so that kind of has some, you know, big implications if Soren all of a sudden doesn't have a family or a house or a bloodline. I wonder if the Crimson Vow, which has been confirmed to be about a wedding, is Soren being forced to marry Olivia Voldaren or somebody else from another vampire house in order to perpetuate his bloodline. I think that would cause a lot of interesting dynamics, and, and I hope that it's something like that rather than just some, you know, out of the blue, uh, out of thin air style story that doesn't relate to anything and, and could have tied together some other, some other storylines. Additionally, I mentioned Emrakul. She is still locked in the moon. It could be interesting to see, like, if there are remnants of her influence on the plane or if somehow she, like, plays into uh, kind of like puppeteering the goings on of the plane or what that has to do with uh, the, the current stories. Um, also, uh, as a part of the Eldritch Moon storyline, most of the, the big angel guardians are gone. Thorin had to kill Avazin himself, and uh, Gisela and Bruna fused together into one monstrosity and had to be destroyed. Um, really, the only one left is Sagarda, if I am not mistaken. And so that could mean, you know, bad things for the rest of the plane, because especially the humans, because the angels were there specifically to protect the humans from some of these other horrors going on. So maybe that's why the, the vampires and werewolves are able to expand into other colors and infect other races because they weren't being kept in check by the angels or something like that. And then finally, you've got Davriel Kane, who uh, was initially introduced from Brandon Sanderson's short story, which I can't think of the name of it right now, but yeah, he wrote a, a story about this character who takes place on Innistrad. And since then, we've seen him uh, in uh, War of the Spark. There was a version of Davriel who showed up. And then most recently in the historic Jumpstart set, we're getting a Davriel card. So maybe he'll show up and start to get uh, a little bit more time in the sun here in the limelight uh, with the, the new Innistrad sets. So those are all uh, thoughts. I guess they're not clear-cut predictions, but I want something with the lore from this set because that would be great. My next prediction is more related to uh, like the game mechanically. Uh, I think that, so in the past, Innistrad has been, uh, the, the color factions have been ally color aligned. And so, for example, you'll see on like the, the land cycles, like the shadows over Innistrad reveal lands, the ones like the snarls that say, uh, reveal a plains or a forest from your hand. And then this can come in untapped. Otherwise it comes in tapped, etc. There's a whole allied cycle of those. Uh, and so, thanks to the fact that Innistrad is going to be in standard with Strixhaven, it's possible that they just reprint those lands, uh, because that would have the full cycle of reveal lands legal in Innistrad at the same time. 
uh, or sorry, legal and standard at the same time. They also have uh, from Innistrad the Checklands, if I remember properly, were originally uh, printed in Innistrad. The ones that say when it enters the battlefield, it comes in tapped unless you have, you know, a plains or swamp. If it's isolated chapel, for example. Um, and so it's possible that they throw in one of those cycles, I guess. Uh, but really what I want to happen is for them to complete an allied color cycle that has not been completed yet. And so the big one that comes to mind, I guess, could be too powerful. But it also could just be a really great way to finish off this cycle. But it is the cycle of Horizon Lands that were from... Uh, well, so originally Horizon Canopy was printed in Time Spiral or Future Sight or one of those sets. And uh, the, the Horizon Lands, uh, the enemy half of that cycle was then printed into Modern Horizons 1. And those turned out to be really great for Modern. Uh, but we have six of those lands. There's Horizon Canopy the, and the enemy lands. And so if, since we're already talking about allied colored pair land cycles to begin with, I think it'd be cool to finish the Horizon cycle uh, with Horizon Canopy and then the other four. Maybe they're too strong. Maybe I'm out of line saying that. But that's my number one hope for an allied color cycle, an allied land cycle. Another one that uh, I would want to see is not technically an allied land cycle, but in Lorewind, there was a cycle of tribal lands. There was a blue-white one for merfolk, a green-black one for uh, elves, a red-black one for goblins, a uh, red-white one for giants and a black white green one for tree folk there might be a couple others that i'm forgetting here but you might notice that those are a mix of allied and enemy colors uh, but there are a few holes in that cycle that could be filled here in innistrad which has also historically been a tribal set we could do uh something like uh red green werewolves red black uh, vampires, which I know has been red, black has already been used. Maybe red, black, white vampires or something like that. Um, and we could do green, black zombies, which again, I think there might be a fairies one in green, black, or maybe I'm wrong about that, but, but yeah, green, black zombies, uh, green, white humans or something like that to sort of like finish off this cycle or, or continue the cycle some way. That would be my, my number two, uh, sort of guess or, uh, wish for uh, these upcoming Innistrad sets. And my third uh, prediction for these allied uh, land cycles is my least favorite, but it's the only other one that I could see that wasn't really completed from the allied side. Um, and that is the slow pain lands that were originally printed in Tempest. These cards are pretty bad. Uh, they enter the battlefield tapped and they can tap for a colorless or you can tap them uh, for one of their two colors if, you, if, if it deals one damage to you. And these lands are super old uh, and wouldn't really even probably be competitively viable. Uh, nor would they really have any sort of mechanical uh, application to the set since 
they tap for colorless unless they, you know, sort of leaned into the lingering Eldrazi theme that I don't think they will. But, but yeah, I, I don't think that they will do these slow pain lands. Uh, that, that was just another allied uh, pain cycle that I wanted to mention uh, that I figured I should put on my list. So my last prediction is I want to talk about some of the reprints that I want to see in this set. I've got five of them and then sort of a bonus reprint idea I want to talk, out, uh, talk about at the end. But um, again, these reprints, maybe I'm completely out of line with them. Maybe they're way too strong. But at the same time, some of them are pretty expensive and would probably help sell the set really efficiently. So, and the first one is probably the biggest offender. It's Cavern of Souls. Originally printed, I believe, in Avacyn Restored. Uh, it is a gold land, so it taps for one mana of any color. With a stipulation, obviously, it has to be a mana. It has to be, the mana has to be spent to cast a creature of a chosen creature type. You choose it when it enters the battlefield, and then you can choose to tap it for colorless or one of anything for uh, that specific tribe. Um, I think that Cavern of Souls, if it was reprinted in the set, it would introduce it to Standard, Historic, and Pioneer. And I think that those are uh, three formats that would not be broken by having it. Now, you always kind of run the risk of having like a degenerate humans deck or some sort of like popular five color tribe uh, and have that run around and like ruin different formats and i understand that concern i just don't think that cavern of souls would do that i think uh there are very few like control decks running around those formats anyways and that like a cavern of souls wouldn't be the end of the world um in any of those formats so i hope that we see cavern of souls maybe i'm wrong let me know uh, my second one is not as bad. It's Ghostly Prison. Sorry, not Ghostly Prison. Ghostly Quarter. Uh, Ghostly Quarter is a card that was originally printed in Ravnica, but showed up in Innistrad, uh, in the, one of the original Innistrad sets, as a reprint. And I think we need to see it again as a reprint, partially because of uh, what we have seen uh, in the standard 2022 league. That's legal on Arena. Basically, you've got the Book of Exalted Deeds uh, combo with the uh, oh, Faceless Haven, where you put a counter on the Faceless Haven while it's a creature because it's an angel. And then as long as the Faceless Haven is alive, or rather not, on the, not in the graveyard, as long as it's on the battlefield, you can't lose the game. I think that because of that interaction alone, we need some sort of land destruction. And it seems like Wizards' go-to land destruction cards on a land are either Field of Ruin or Ghostly... Uh, sorry, Ghost Quarter. And I think that Ghost Quarter would be the better option because it is thematic to uh, Innistrad. But I think that Field of Ruin is also a decent possibility, especially since uh, last we knew Innistrad was itself in Ruin. So... I think that's a possibility there. Uh, the next one on my list is Parallel Lives. Now, this is a card that has gotten uncontrollably expensive. Uh, when it was, sorry, when they printed the uh, 
blue-green commander deck from Strixhaven. Uh, a lot of people were in the market for Parallel Lives and wanted just as many of those doubling effects as they could. And as a result, the card is super expensive. Um, but I don't think that it deserves to be that expensive. Uh, it uh, has been really powerful in Commander, but sees play in zero other formats. And so a few years back when Anointed Procession was printed into Amonkhet, that one was not a problem. Um, and that's basically Parallel Lives in white. And so I think that uh, competitive formats could handle having Parallel Lives again. Uh, and uh, it would be really great for Commander players to have that reprinted. Um, the next one is Delver of Secrets. And maybe that is a bad idea. But I, I think that without the presence of cards like uh, Brainstorm and Force of Will, like Legacy has, as well as really efficient interaction and like tempo cards like Modern has, Delver would not really be that powerful. I think that it would be um, a fun card to try and build around in Standard and Historic, but wouldn't break either of those formats, even if it might uh, build a new archetype in at least one of them. So Delver of Secrets is my number four. And then number five is Primal Surge. And that's just a card that I think is fun and deserves a reprint. It's pretty expensive uh, and is pretty much only really good in uh, Commander. And so having another one of those um, available, uh, I think, would be uh, a good thing for the game. Uh, the only problem I could see with that is uh, decks like uh, that use Mizzix's Mastery in uh, Historic might be a little too powerful. But if you have to run Mizzix's Mastery, then your Primal Surges are less good, so maybe it balances out. So, anyways, those are my the reprints that I want in either Midnight Hunt or Crimson Vow. Uh, with one last stipulation at the end, I really, really, really want them to uh, release Innistrad Remastered uh, onto Historic. Uh, the next they've they've done uh, Amonkhet and Kaladesh Remastered. And now the next one would be like the Shadows over Innistrad block. Um, I think that would be really great. I'd love to see even some original Innistrad stuff thrown in there. Hopefully it's not uh, a gigantic set that introduces so many cards that uh, it's difficult for people to obtain them. Because the historic economy is already kind of strained. Um, but yeah, I would still love to see a remastered set that has a bunch of those, those interesting... Uh, Innistrad cards from Shadows and Eldritch Moon and anything else. And so those are kind of my predictions. Let me know. Maybe I'm totally off on them. Maybe I should uh, temper my expectations a little bit more and, and uh, be a little bit more realistic based on some of the things that Wizards has done recently. But maybe I'm dead on. So let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can find me, you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at GMT underscore cast. Or you can send us an email at gatheringmythoughts underscore cast at gmail.com. Or you can read any of the articles that I write for cardgamebase.com. Um, other than that, I uh, look forward to talking next time about whatever comes up, whatever's on my mind related to Magic the Gathering. Thanks so much. See ya.